Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. We're just loving the opportunity to come across your broadcast and to talk with you. And we hope you're all doing well with me now for the last week and a half and still moving on. We're going to do two weeks together as my friend Kevin Robb. And uh, Kevin's been a blessing to be with as we've been studying through the Bible and talking about words and things of that nature. And we're going to hop in just in a second. Just a couple reminders. We'd love to have the opportunity to talk with you. If you have any questions about what we do as a ministry, if you'd like to partner, volunteer, be a prayer warrior. Uh, TV shows are starting to drop everywhere. We want you to be part of them. We want you to be helping folks out. We cannot keep up. It's going to be crazy out there. And God's given those of you who've been through this an opportunity to help someone else. And if you're a lady, we'll make sure you work with ladies and so on. We'll make sure that you can help out and maybe just look out for one another. God has a way of doing that. Doug at WoundedSpirits.com, Helpful Wounded Spirits. Say, Doug, call me. Whatever the case may be, we'll see what we can do. We'll try to get out of our way to do that just as quick as as possible. So every day, Brother Kevin, as you know, every day we've been covering a word, a characteristic, some junk we go through with PTSD. Usually a word that's usually intensified. You know, we're hypervigilant with PTSD. We're more wound up than an eight-day clock. Uh, we drink way too much coffee. I don't know. But, uh, uh, and you know, so things that affect the normal people, and I say this to you folks, and you can look this up, it's real, Things that would have an effect on a uh, somebody who's absolutely normal without PTSD. Not that we're not normal. Well, we're a little freaky people with PTSD. I will say that. But, uh, uh, you know, it's hypervigilant. And so we have this trauma we talked about yesterday's day. Yesterday's word of the day was trauma. That thing that caused your PTSD. We said, you know, witnessing terrible atrocities, uh, molestation, uh, murder. You know, we could just go on and on. You could guess. They're all out there terrible. And those are the traumas. Well, unfortunately, uh, coming along with the traumas are triggers that bring you back to those traumas. So a, a trigger, for instance, and, and Brother Kevin and I were just speaking on this. Uh, for instance, uh, you know, if somebody has been in war and they've seen people shot up and explosions and, and, and grenades and all those different things, and they hear that loud noise, Loud noise is a trigger for them. So they'll hear a loud noise, they'll hear shooting, and it could take them back to that spot. They could flash back, but most definitely they'll be nervous, scared, be in a bad place. And so we want to know what our traumas are, but we want to know what our triggers are. We want to stay away from those things that, that get us wound up. And then you say, well, Doug, is there any biblical basis for that? There is. A prudent man foreseeth evil and hideth himself, but a simple, but the simple pass on and are punished. So a prudent man, a wise man, a wise lady, somebody with wisdom, somebody who studied the book of Proverbs, somebody who's been through all this says, man, I don't want to have those triggers. I don't want to put myself in that situation where I think about or I go through some of those things. I want to take my, that's why triggers are so important, brother Kevin, mm. is knowing them. Yeah. 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 I was just thinking as you're talking about this, 
great, great subject. You know, um, if the goal for any one of us is to be able to face anything, anytime that God allows in our lives, um, then on the way to that, the Bible says, make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. You know, Jesus was the example of the goal, the goal where he has set his face like a flint and went to Jerusalem knowing that he was going to be traumatized and die there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's the goal. But, you know, we who are, you know, uh, who are marred already and, and have, you know, issues that we, we repeatedly are triggered by things, you know, if you've been through like, like, Doug said, if you've been through some kind of a, a rape situation or, a, 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 you know, some explosion that, that took out the life of a buddy in battle, then, um, and it's a weakness and a, a point of failure, then you do not want to be triggered, you know, to, 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 to go into that. You've got to break the cycle, right? So um, you, I would not want to be uh, exposed to something that just takes me back to where I was, that's yeah. not going to be helpful for healing. Why, you know, why, why have a repeated abrasion on a wound that's not healed? So while the goal is healing, the path to healing has to be straight paths. In other words, a path to, that does not go, uh, it, you know, if I break my, if I, if I sprain my ankle, I'm not going to want to walk on anything that's uneven. That's a goal down the road, but <clears throat> on the way, I don't want to be triggered and go back there yeah, there it is. And and that's just a reality. That's just tied up very neatly there. Just stay away from those triggers. But again, you wrote down your traumas. You need to write down your triggers. And you need to share them with your loved ones. And uh, stay away from those things that trigger you. You know, sometimes it's, it's even more difficult than that. Sometimes you're living in that town. Sometimes you're seeing those people. Sometimes you're, you know, sometimes it takes a little more. But you've got to get away from those triggers. You've got to be prudent. And uh, so that's what we wanted to talk about today. And as we do that, man, we'll get better. God will take care of us and thank him for that. And he'll do a great job with that. So stay away from those triggers. Be that prudent person. And it says a slothful man. So we're over in Proverbs 19. We're starting in verse 24 today. It says a slothful man hideth his hand in his bosom and will not so much as bring it to his mouth again. So you get an idea that some guy's digging out some chow here, you know, <laughs> he's just, uh, he's burying his hand in a, you know, I think of a bowl, I think of his bosom there. It's talking about his food. You know, it's a, I know this, this portrayal I think is Solomon maybe exaggerating a little bit. Um, but you know, there's an idea that, that this lazy human being, this slothful person is actually more concerned with his food than anything else. It's trying to protect it, trying to hold everything in place, trying to keep, that's what's coming to my mind. And he not so much as bring it to his mouth again. He doesn't want to let it go. You know what I mean? There's people like this, brother. I mean, this is, there's people, it's like that four-year-old that hides those Entenmann chocolate-covered donuts. Remember those Entenmann chocolate-covered donuts? <laughs> those things are right with God, brother. I'm going to tell you that right now. Dangerous. You can, you can yell it from the highest hilltop, <laughs> stay away from them. But I remember when one of my boys was four years old, he was hiding them behind the couch because he bought his own batch or something. That's what I'm thinking here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that verse speaks of, of uh, again, you know, laziness, the, the passive individual, he's just going to take whatever comes his way. He's not going to be proactive. And <clears throat> when I think about, you know, if you're pro, if you're protecting something, um, 
you know, it's one thing to protect if, to be to protect yourself from triggers proactively, but let's just look at the idea of I'm thinking of a passive person. Um, I knew a guy who had been hurt in battle and wounded in battle, and he just was not functional. He was kind of almost catatonic. Yeah, and um, he just um, he just kind of he may have been heavily medicated. That's too. all those meds. Yeah. Yeah, and as he was rolling forward in life, he did not have, um, he, he was so mentally um, lazy, rendered lazy or just naturally lazy that he did not keep himself from, you know, various triggers. And he just wandered in. He was just always falling, you know, everything bad in his life was happening. He was always the recipient of some bad thing that sent him back you know, he would go two steps forward, three steps back, one step forward, five steps back. And and it was, you know, I attribute it in, in his case to a little bit of mental laziness. He was not proactively yeah. avoiding the things that, that damaged him originally. And so he never was able to heal. And again, the catatonic looks and so forth was, not, you know, just does not get victory because it took some mental proactivity to say, you know what? I'm going to decide the path of my feet today. You know, uh, I'm not going to meet this person here that's going to, you know, scorn what I believe. Uh, this I'm not, I'm not going to meet. Uh, I love this person, but I'm not going to meet them, you know, today because today I want to have victory. You know, this person here that mocks my Christianity, scorns the fact that I go to church, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to proactively avoid those things, and I'm going to proactively, you know, not be lazy. I'm going to you know, input these good things to strengthen me against it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you even got this idea, these people hide their foods or hide their stuff to keep their stuff. They're the same people that, that will let that food go bad before they'll even put oh. their hand back up to their mouth again. I mean, it, lazy. It, it, the laziness, it, you know, a slothful person, that word slothful, man, it, you know, folks, over and over again, and Kevin and I have been talking about this now. I think this is our seventh podcast, and we've seen slothful, lazy, lazy man, slothful man, whatever, over and over again. And, I mean, if we get any lesson at all, it's, uh, you know, it's time to get moving. You know, moving as a people, moving as an individual, corporately. Mm -hmm. You know, this isn't a time to be lazy. This isn't a time to faint, as Paul told the church there at Corinth in that second letter. Remember that first letter was written to a church that was all messed up, but that second letter was a prayer letter. And he's saying, therefore, since we have this ministry, we faint not. We don't give up. We don't lay down. We don't run. You know, it, it's time to mobilize. And, 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 and folks, I'll tell you, it's time to mobilize individually. It's time to mobilize corporately. It's time to sit up and take some action in your life. And because not because of you being cool, not because of some multi-marketing level thing, which is fine with me if you want to do that, but because God says it's time. Yeah. Don't be lazy. Don't be slothful. Move out. And it's all right to do those other things. I think you should. I think you should do whatever God gives you for work and do a good job at it. If you're going to, what is it Martin Luther King, the Bible says, by the way, and whatsoever you do, do heartily, you know. Uh, but Martin Luther King said, if you're going to be a street sweeper, be the best street sweeper there is. If you're going to be a painter, uh, you know, the rooms you paint should look better than any room elsewhere in the house. And, and I mean, there's something to learn there. And God says, whatever you do, do heartily, uh, you know, uh, as unto God, not unto, you know, and I mean, listen, but look at this next verse. I think we got, you know what, we're right at that time where we got to go ahead and, and let the stations identify themselves and, and maybe play a commercial or two. We'll be right back. 
So we look at verse 25 coming back uh, from that break there, and it says, Smite a scorner, and the simple will beware, and reprove one that hath understanding. Uh, and I had to turn the page. I, you know, it's tough. They, they should make a Bible that's as big as my table, so I never have to turn the page. <laughs> and he will understand knowledge. So I should read that again because I was kind of all over the place there. But it says, Smite a scorner. And the simple will beware and reprove one that have understanding, and he will understand knowledge. And so you think about that strike a scoffer there, and and the simple will be weary. And and, and so we got what it's when a determined fool, I think, or somebody who's the opposite of wise, because that's what we've been talking about all through chapter 19 here, is punished, others will learn. That's what I'm getting here. You know, mm -hmm. as soon as you say, dudes, cut it out. And, and you give them a, a gib slap or something, and you, or you just rebuke them. I think that's more than anything else here. Uh, it, and, and it says, uh, it, it, I, like, I want to look at this verse again because I want to show you how it comes out here at the end. And I'm looking at my commentary, and my commentary is messed up. But it says, and reprove one that hath understanding, and he will understand knowledge. So when you reprove somebody who's got it together, they get it. They want to learn. Remember what we were saying? I think we were saying just a couple days ago, we got to be teachable. And, you know, sometimes reproof makes us a better human being. Sometimes reproof brings us closer to God. But, you know, reproof doesn't have a word of discipline. Reproof doesn't have a word of, of make them feel like dirt. Reproof is, mm -hmm. hey, brother, hey, sister, you know, there's a better way of doing that. Yeah. I mean, what, what are you thinking here, Kevin? Well, when, when, when you talk about the idea of, of uh, reproof having the right connotation and then, a, you know, the general theme is trigger. So um, I, I can think of some triggers in my life I had to avoid see I'm I'm a uh, yeah more of a um a, a quieter personality than some a little bit quieter than you I'm, yeah. I'm not uh a you know a clock wound uh eight eight times or whatever I forget how you put it but wound I wound up tighter than an eight day an eight day clock was what they <laughs> used to use in the late 1800s early 1900s you could wind it once every eight days okay so to be wound up that tight you got eight days of winding out of it yeah, that's you. Yeah. I, I'm I'm wound, you know, one day at a time, I guess. You know, yeah. I wind up in the morning and run down till till I fall into bed. But my um, you know, the triggers sometimes in my life are because of the 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 you know, I try to be my name, Kevin, means kind, kindness. So I try to be, you know, take the kind of approach. Well, some people are not kind and some people will abuse the the ear that you give. I try to be a good listener and some people will unfortunately abuse that. And so I have had to, uh, in fact, I had a discussion with you when we went to lunch today is, uh, you know, there was a certain individual I met somewhere that um, uh, was, you know, just kind of abused my, my kindness of my ear and loaded it with gossip and loaded it with, you know, just uh, manip you try to manipulate me into this person's, um, a uh, 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 vision for their own life, and and I, we need to be careful because the well-meaning people can do that. I I get around preachers all the time. Sometimes a preacher is like anyone else; they have a flesh, and their flesh uh, is is prone to uh, their goals and to try to fit other people into their goals. So there's sometimes I get around people that are really manipulative that way, and I find myself in a high stress situation being an ear for someone else or being a target of manipulation. And I have to, uh, I have to kind of smite that. I have to kind of deal with it and say, no. And I mentioned to you that I had to text someone, you know, a long time ago and say, 
Uh, this was someone, this is not even a preacher, it was a, a business person, a uh, person with a lot of money, and, um, and they wanted me to fit into a certain um, a goal of theirs, and uh, there wasn't going to be any money for me, but <laughs> and anyway, as I went through the, the uh, situation, it was such a trauma to me that whenever I saw that person calling me, it triggered me. I, and I mean, talking about it triggered anxiety for days at a time because it was just, it was hard to get out of that trigger. I mean, it was a serious thing, and we talked about that. And so I mentioned that in that case, I had to simply send the person a nice text and just say, I'm sure this is probably more me than you, but I just don't think, you know, because of this and that, like, and I feel it's probably more my fault than you, but we, you know, you try to take the high road. I feel like I'm going to have to just bow out of this um, um you know, strategy that, that, that you've got going here. And, uh, they were offended, but, uh, sometimes the people that are, you know, that are scornful of, of your rights as an individual are going to be very offended, but it's part of stopping the triggers. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to do that. You have to be in that place where no matter what, you know, no matter what, uh, you got to stay away from the triggers. You got to you got to put an end to them. And look at verse number twenty six here. It says, "He that wastes his father and chases away his mother is a son that causeth shame and bringeth reproach." Now remember, Solomon's talking to his son here, so that's why we see a lot of masculine uh, pronouns and, and nouns and terms of that nature. And just it, it's talking to all of us here. Uh, but again, God's inspiring Solomon to have a conversation with his son and tell him what it's like. And, uh, you know, we look at that, and if you mistreat your father and you run away your mom, uh, you bring shame, and uh, you're a bad human being. That's basically what this is talking about. It's, the Bible commands us in Exodus 20, 12 to, that we should honor our mother and father. We know that in the Ten Commandments, don't we? And uh, so, so I think that this proverb is considering the opposite of that. It's considering the opposite of what God tells us to do to honor our mother and father. Now, listen, I, there's nobody on earth who gets more. My father, and he would tell you if he was sitting here at this supper table, now he got saved right at the end of his life, he would tell you he was a bad father. He, he was, you know, he tried to get out of whatever he could get away, support-wise, wasn't part of our lives, uh, had a problem with alcohol, all those types. And I'm not saying this to diz my father. I'm saying even God can save a guy like that. And uh, and and he would be here. But if we're a son that, that that way or a daughter that that's way and we're causing shame, we're bringing reproach to our family, and, and folks, we got to think about what we're doing to our family. You know, I had a person tell me one time, well, I just, uh, I just hate my mom. And I'll never forget this lady telling me that. And, and I get what she was saying. I got it. But it was, it's better not to be fighting with her or not to be publicly having this ongoing spat and stuff. It, it's better at that case, you know, you're bringing this shame and reproach. You're, you're bringing this thing on that we don't need. We don't need to bring this on. We don't need to hurt. And then there's that other group of people, uh, friends, that have great parents, and they're doing them wrong. So you can look at this. You can have any combination of that. You can be, you know, totally bad parents, totally great parents, somewhere in the middle. The Bible doesn't differentiate. It doesn't give us, you know, A, B, and C. It doesn't give us bow legs in here. It's just saying, listen, man, don't do this. And and I think some of the th- some of the things in life are like this. We watch TV. We go through school. All those things we go through, we have to win. 
Life is about winning. That's how we raise our kid. It's about one-upmanship. It's about getting the last dig in. It's about hurting the other person more than they're hurting you. It's a, I, I had a divorce lawyer tell me one time that he makes $100,000 a year uh, just listening to people trying to one-up the other person. He said, if they just be, he said, nothing changes from when they sit down at the table to when they walk out of the room, whether they're decent human beings or total morons, except what he gets paid. And, uh, wow. you know, folks, we need to think about telling. Uh, it, it is very telling. <laughs> and, and, and so we're not going to mistreat our dad. We're not going to chase away our moms. Uh, we're going to try to live a godly life. If we can't live with them, we can't live with them. But we don't have to be uh, the knucklehead number one. We don't have to be on the kid most wanted list for being a knucklehead. We get to be a, a decent human being. And, you know, people are hiding things. This is what I find over and over again. Whenever I run into somebody who tells me their parents were terrible and you meet their parents and they're great people and stuff that kid's hiding something i'm just i'm just <laughs> telling you so don't be that person be the person that's got everything i i hate folks who hide things man there's nothing worse than that so folks we started off this conversation today and and and, and again we constantly tell you guys how to get a hold of us how to talk to us and we want to do that we want to tell you about the ministry we want to bring you into it we want you to partner we want you to volunteer we want you to be part of us we want to help you and uh, then we started talking about these triggers, and, and it's so important that I want to leave you with this. I want to leave you a prudent man for seeth evil, a prudent person, a wise person. You know, they can tell that, hey, if I get near these fireworks, if I get near this guy who smells like the guy who raped me, if I get near this girl who abused me when I was a child, if, I, if I'm around these parents that are beating on their kids and, and maybe I shouldn't work in that profession, uh, if I'm around people who are shooting, and again, you, you folks know where I'm going. Whichever yeah. way God leads you is fine, but get away from the triggers. Do whatever it takes to shut down those triggers. And, uh, you know, be that prudent person. Be that wise person that says, no, I'm not going to be part of those triggers. So remember how we went? this week we uh we talked about trauma uh then we talked about the triggers that bring you back to the trauma and so you don't want to miss tomorrow so uh tomorrow we're going to be talking about dreams and other things caused by the triggers that lead to the traumas boy you can follow this thing and, and folks you've all been there this isn't a crazy thing for you and and maybe if you don't suffer from ptsd this puts you in a situation where you get a really good understanding of what folks are going through you get a really good understanding of uh you know exactly uh, why people are the way they are. And life isn't as easy. Everything is not roses. Everything is not uh, the Walton's TV show where everything gets better at the end of the hour. Some things take work and everything takes God. So what I want to tell you folks as we go is go to God. Go to God. You that are heavy, you get that heaviness, it's all right. His yoke, <laughs> you know, it'll take care of you. He's got you. Let him go out in front of you. We love you folks. You know how to get a hold of us. Helpful Wounded Spirits. Drop us a Facebook message. Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. We sure do love you folks. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, 
you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.